Greetings, Father Jonathan. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing all right. Things are going pretty well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. We're fast approaching the great season of Lent. Lent is coming. Yeah. That's right. Hard to believe. Yeah, we were just in Christmas, and now we have one more Sunday of Ordinary Time. Yeah. I'm literally in disbelief of that. How is that possible? (laughs) Yeah, pretty soon. I'm actually going to be preaching (laughs) on... um, on Ash Wednesday, which will be great. So cool. Maybe I'll record that uh, and post it. Uh, yeah. um, how was your uh, homily yesterday, Six Sunday? Well, it was good. I it was another one of those moments where it was longer than I like, mm. which is not a lot longer. It was just longer than usual, sure. which to me means that I was struggling with it. Huh. I will say though. That And I don't, well, some people I trust (laughs) when they say you had a good homily. Um, But I did have a lot of people come up to me after Mass and say, thank you for your homily. So I guess it was not as terrible as I thought. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Every time I think that it's terrible, people seem to like it. And whenever I think it's amazing, no one says anything, you know? Yeah. I actually pulled one of your old examples out of the bag. Oh. Um, Yeah, talking about athletes. And how the great ones aren't, they don't dismiss the rules. They embody them so much that innovation can actually happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so oh. that's kind of how I tackled the law of the Lord, how mm. Jesus seemed to be giving us more strict rules, but he's actually telling us, stop thinking about just that line in the sand, but make this a part of who you are so that you yeah. can truly be great. And what's interesting is like, if you push that, you can even see that the laws that he is proposing in Matthew's gospel are interior. So it's almost like there's a move to internalizing the law, right? Like, right, right. you know, you've become, it becomes second nature, um, which is, which is great, you know, and it's, it's awesome because we're going to continue with that for the last Sunday mm-hmm. of ordinary time here before Lent. We are continuing with Matthew's gospel. And I, I was just, I was underlining that we still have a lot more of the, you've heard it said that we had last yeah. week, you know, yeah. you've heard it yeah. said, but I say to you this time, last week we had, I think four of them. This week we have, I think, two. Two. Yeah. You've heard it said the knife for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And then also uh-huh. you've heard it said love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, if I were to just right off the bat just tell you, I would probably, I didn't get a chance to preach this past Sunday and I won't preach this upcoming Sunday either. But I would continue with the theme of from that first week, which is, you know, Jesus the lawgiver. You know, not an iota from the law will pass away, but it's internalizing mm-hmm. the law. It's raising the bar by internalizing the law. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... So this this part of the gospel in Luke is, I think, my favorite part of all of the gospels. Really? Where love of... Yeah, love of enemy, I think, is is really the core of the gospel. Hmm. Um, and exactly... And, he, and Matthew talks about it as well. Um for if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not mm-hmm. tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? Mm. I love that because it's really calling us out and saying, you're a Christian. You're, you're, you're saying that you're a follower and an imitator of Christ. Right. So why are you doing these things and saying that you're doing these things that really are not particular to the Christian life? All human beings, like we know many, many, many non-Christians who love those who love them back, who even yeah, go out yeah. of their way to be generous. Yeah, um, yeah. Like what's the gospel calling us to do? 
that's distinct. Mm. And I think that's where this shines. It's because it goes further than just doing what's just. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's living with charity. It's living with love in your heart. Sure, sure. Because it's just to love those who love you in return because there's an equality of, like there's a reciprocity there, you know? Right, right, Um, right. But love goes further into even loving your neighbor is, uh, loving your enemy is is the call of Christ. Um, And I think that's why Matthew, so Luke says at the very end, he says, um, be merciful as your heavenly father is merciful. Whereas Matthew says, be perfect. And I've always struggled with that. Like, how can anybody hope to be perfect? Like, merciful just makes a lot more sense. Right. We can hope to be merciful. Mm. Uh, but I think this is a, this is still a really important call that we're meant to strive for that perfection. Yeah. Um, of our Father in heaven. Mm. Like, and again, that's the, that's this whole chapter, Matthew chapter five, the, um, the Beatitudes, what we talked about last week. Like, this is a hard call. This is a hard life. Sure. Sure. And if we're not striving to be better at every single turn, then what are we doing? Mm-hmm, <laughs> We're mm-hmm. settling. Yeah, you know. So the the last line, you're right. The be perfect, I find to be a tr- like a terrible minefield for especially people of our generation, where it's like there's a lot of perfectionism, a desire to compete, a desire to be perfect in in the eyes of the yeah. world, and scrupulosity. Totally, and like I'm prone to those, and so you know this is a terrible line for me to read. But I think I think if we put the last line, be perfect, in context with everything that Jesus is saying. It's helpful if we see that the line, love your enemies, is embodied in no one else except the person of Jesus on the cross. Like yeah. Jesus on the cross is the man who's able to say to his enemy that I forgive you, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you think mm-hmm. about all of these things that Jesus is saying that are new, the new, but uh, the I say to you, he's done them first. So like, right, right. Even, even the one before that, which it says, you've heard an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, you know, Turn your cheek, you know, give what is yours, give your tunic. Jesus did all this first, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and the reason I'm saying all that is because it puts this gospel in a Christocentric li- uh, frame to where mm-hmm. that last line is no longer a, like a perfectionism that I strive to be perfect and I fail miserably. It's no, no, no. If you want to know what it means to be perfect, look at Jesus on the cross. Look at like, Jesus, yeah. And that's well, perfection. And it's and it's, yeah. it's great because as St. Paul was saying, Corinthians, his power is perfected in weakness, right? Like mm-hmm. our weakness is, right. is perfection. Exactly. exactly, yeah. Well, also keep it, I mean, I, I, I just can't help but think about chapter five as a whole. Like how do we begin? Blessed are the meek. Mm. Um, blessed are the humble. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Like these are not who we would consider the perfect. But Jesus is saying, blessed are these people. And then giving us these new and more interior rule sets so that we may be perfect, mm-hmm. like the meek, like the humble. Because um, they're perfect in the eyes of God, right? God delights in the poor, you know? They're the apple yeah. of his eye. And so perfection by human standards is a huge trap. And to read that right. last line as be perfect as we would expect human beings to be perfect, we're going yeah. to fail, you know? Yeah, Every time, every time. Yeah. So the pivot, so the pivot to read it with the cross and with the beatitudes in mind. Yeah. I so think. the pivot, the pivot of that last line is around the word as, you know, so, mm-hmm. so be perfect. Full stop leads to scruples, leads to failure. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, but be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. Well, how is he perfect? He's perfect in Jesus Christ and in the poor. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there, and there it is. That's the new law right there. Right. Boom. Um, um you know what? So speaking of the new law really quick, just to, to maybe pivot to the first reading, I, I was really struck by that last line in Leviticus, uh, for the reading for Leviticus, you shall love your neighbor as your, as yourself. Cause I always think about that as a New Testament idea. Yeah. Yeah, and we always love to talk about Leviticus and how uh, out of date and out of touch it is. Right, that it's all about externals, all about, you yeah, know, yeah. In oppressive law. But like Leviticus ends, you know, with your love for neighbor as yourself is the law. Like that's, right. I don't know, I find that really striking. I don't well, have a lot to say about that, but it's just, it's there. You know? Well, and that first part is, in a sense, the precursor to what Jesus says in our gospel for today. Speak to the whole Israelite community and tell them, "Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy." Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that I think there's a connection there. Like this is what Jesus is kind of talking about. Sure, uh, sure. Recognizing the holiness of God and asking us to imitate Himself, imitate in the cross um, that holiness. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, it can become a little bit abstract to be talking about the cross and to be talking about perfection. I, I think one way that can help concretize this for me is to remember that Jesus describes God as Father. So it's it's not a perfection that's abstracted from a relationship. It's, right. it's all within the context of a relationship with God. And the reason I, I'm focusing on that is because that line from Leviticus, I, I underlined it, be holy, why? For I, the Lord, am holy. So why would you want to be holy? Because God, your father, is holy. And like any child will know what it's like to feel like you want to be like your loving father. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I don't know. If you put it in the frame of a loving relationship with a loving father, then striving to imitate him is not a burden. If anything, it's an invitation to continue to grow you know, without any, any bounds. So I, I just like framing it again in terms of a relationship with God, then it's no longer God, the lawgiver of the Old Testament, who sets a standard of perfection so high that we can't reach. It's no, 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 no. I'm running a race and I want you to run with me and yeah. run as, I want you to run as fast as me so we can run this race together. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, I mean, that's the beauty of, of Jesus who, who brings about that relational quality. Like, He's the one that calls God Father. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I love this line from St. Paul, um, God catches the wise in their own ruses. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, I just feel myself being called out with that, by that. Mm -hmm. Because I try to do that all the time. Like, how often do I try to rationalize away my sin? How often do I try to make the, this relationship, looking at the law, uh, and this kind of ties into what, we talked about last week with just kind of legalizing it and saying, well, you know, I can, here's this, here's where that line is. And as long as I don't cross that, then mm. I'm not technically sinning. Mm. That's a ruse and God is going to call us out on it. And I think that's what Jesus is doing saying, stop it, <laughs> get some help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. The Corinthians has all this stuff that we've been reading about wisdom, which I think is great. And like, you know, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And, for a couple of yeah, weeks, we had like all that a, stuff. It's like a re, a re, um, a retelling of Proverbs. Yeah, and we had that whole thing a couple of weeks ago about the human eloquence, you know, to not enter the mm -hmm. cross of its meaning and all that. 
I think Paul is just railing on on that, is that not putting ourselves in the position where we become the savior, where we become God. You know, so like there's, if you connect that kind of idea from Paul to the perfection that Jesus speaks about, it's don't become perfect like God so that you might replace him. Be perfect so that you might become what? Become more like him, like in a loving relationship, right? It's not a competition with God to be who can be the most perfect. It's... Well, yeah. And he kind of, he kind of talks about that relation, relational quality in that very last line. All belong to you and you to Christ and Christ to God. Boom. Yeah. Totally. Like, th- th- I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means. Uh, it's just kind of like blinking red at me right now. Like, this is mm-hmm. an important line. Yeah. Um, what do you make of that line? Yeah. So let no one boast about human beings for everything belongs to you. Uh, Paul, Apollos, Cephas, or the word of life of death, present and future. Okay. All belongs to you, you to Christ, Christ to God. So don't boast about human things because even if you belong to a human being, then that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Um, <laughs> that first part gets me. I think if yeah. I were to zoom out, it's like, okay, like if we belong to like you and I are both religious and we both have superiors. Well, yeah. our superiors, we belong to them in a sense, right? Like we belong to our religious order. We're obedient, but they are under Christ and Christ is ultimately God. And so there's maybe something there of like, don't set up an idol from human authority, from human beings that convince you with their wisdom and their ruses. Don't let them become idols because they ultimately yeah. answer to Christ. Is that how you read it? Or well, yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm I'm leaning towards and tell me what you think about this. Um, you know how Jesus talks about John the Baptist as being um, the greatest born among women, but yeah. in the kingdom of God, he's the least. Yeah, I wonder if there's something similar to that. Like not only John the Baptist, but now because of Christ's death and resurrection, all of us, as long as we share in that life of Christ, all belongs to us. And we are, we are the greatest born of women until, (laughs) until, exactly, exactly. Until we, um, well, yeah. How do I go from there? Yeah. Christ to God, Christ to God. Like that's, that's the movement. I just think it's a simple point, which is that don't get a big head. (laughs) <laughs> if you if you get if you get a lot of people showing up at your parish because you're a really good preacher, right? Yeah, it's like that's the, that's the wrong move. It's like okay, they're in the door, they're in the pew, and they're listening to the gospel of Christ, not to Father Jonathan. Like, yeah. and if it's about you, then you then you know God is going to catch you in your own ruse. In my own ruse, right, right, right. Because you've made it about yourself when it's not about you, you know. And I think this is there's a lot of wisdom in putting these readings together because if you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, it's not about you gaining souls for Christ so that you might receive accolades and attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, you need to fade out of the picture, man. Like, right. Right. So, right. so, and I think that, I that must decrease. Of, yeah, you must decrease. That's the great thing about John the Baptist. So yeah, work hard and, you know, love your enemy, preach hard, use all your education, but know that you're winning souls for Christ and Christ for God. Like that's, that's it. Everything else needs to fade away. Um, yeah. And paradoxically, paradoxically, in that fading away, you find your perfection. Your own, mm-hmm. your right. own perfection is in that, you know? How well, it's self- in that unity with Christ. 
how self-effacing is it to love your enemy? Like that, that sounds really <laughs> nice, but it's also really self-effacing. Yeah. Like that's humiliating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And in that self-effacement or in that, you know, self-offering of your, of yourself, you are perfected. Now, I, I just want to throw this in the, in the ring here. I, I, I really like the gospel hallelujah. Sorry. The hallelujah verse is particularly striking to me this week because of this uh-huh. topic of perfection. That last line from the gospel is like fodder for scruples and fodder for failure because we say be perfect right in the yeah. active like be perfect yeah. yeah i think more appropriately is this line from first john which mm. is yeah. whoever keeps the word of christ okay do that the love of god is perfected in the passive voice in him so perfection it's is not truly perfected yeah but the reason i like that is because it puts it in the passive mood so it's not you who is be like perfecting yourself as if you need to yeah. get a big head about this right no right, right. well and like, what is the word letting of god christ? perfect well, in you you know say it again what is the word of christ whoever keeps the word of christ it's not just the things that he said he is the word so it's keeping christ who is the law the new law and so all of this talk from from chapter five of matthew is like yeah we've, this has got to be um, be kept like Mary. Keep all the all of these things she kept in her heart, mm-hmm. um, and that's how the love of God is perfected in us. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. No, I like so, that. Well, so and also bring in another part of the gospel too, which is not this gospel, but another part of the gospel, which is you know, he who humbles himself, which is active voice, shall be exalted, which is passive voice. So mm-hmm. all we have to do is you know, give of ourselves and love our neighbor. Like that's what the, the gospel this week summarizes. Basically just give of yourself in your material possessions and also in humiliation, loving your enemy. And by that, you shall be perfected. So I think that last line from the gospel is fodder for scruples. But if we connect it to the passive voice that it's God who's perfecting in you, all you got to do is make yeah. room for him to do so. Then, yeah, you know, then well, you'll be perfected, you know? Yeah, St. Paul again. Not It's not I who live, but Christ in me. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, okay, so typical thing that we... So we've kicked up a lot of dirt here. So where, where <laughs> is the dust going to... Yeah, yeah, where is the dust going to settle? Yeah, you know, I may... I don't know. I hate to... I mean, I love this part, the last part of the gospel so much about love of enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hesitate only because... Like that's kind of my wheelhouse, and I don't want to just do what's easy for me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But is it true? Is it what you need to? Preach but that's right the now? thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the truth. Like that's for me. That's the heart of not just this gospel passage, but the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And um, what does your congregation need to hear? I mean, like maybe that's what they need to hear right now. Is mm, yeah. is that you know? Um, yeah. I, if you were to ask me where I would focus, I, I don't have any idea. Like there's just a lot of places to go here. I, I think I would want to focus on the gospel just because I really love the Sermon on the Mount and it's like coming to a head with this line, yeah. you know, to be perfect. And I think I'd probably want to focus in on this distinction between active and passive voice because I feel my own life experience has taught me that when I try to be perfect, that's usually when the scruples come. Um, right, right. You know, and well, so... When, yeah, 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 yeah. When you try to do this thing that's impossible for you to do. Right. But when I allow the Lord, you know, when I allow the Lord and, and then, you know, just to bring back the cross, it's like, if Jesus is the exemplar of the new law, you know, he who gives his cheek, he who loves his enemy, he who ultimately gives up his life for us. It's like, well then, 
you know, what does the hymn to Philippians say is that he who became sin was elevated, you know, and was exalted above every name. Um, so exaltation comes through emptying of oneself, right? Like there is yeah, yeah. that paradox. Well, yes, the death to self, that's our baptism, that we've got to be emptied so much so that so that we can be rebuilt. Yeah. Cool, man. Parting thoughts? Uh, go pray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. Go pray. Enjoy uh, preparing for Masses Sunday. Look forward to your homily next week. All right. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Peace.